I sent you a link, didn't I? I thought I did. You might have. I probably put it in my spam folder. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning again, because I just made this a really boring podcast. You're listening to Leader FM, a weekly talk show for intelligent leaders and executive coaches reaching for the next level. Leader FM is hosted by executive coach Dr. Scott Francis and marketing media man Tony Creech. This episode of Leader FM is brought to you by Advanced Leadership Coaching and TheCreechLeague.com. This week on Leader FM, Dr. Scott and Tony discuss finding a mental first position to get you centered as a leader and how to find your own personal first position for where you are today. Hello world, you're listening to episode 5. Dr. Scott and I are here and excited to talk about leadership with you and we know that you're ready for the next level, so let's dive in. It's always so good to chat with you, Dr. Scott. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Tony. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. It is good. It's very good. What do you have happening in your week, Scott? Um, you know what? I uh, have lots going on, but nothing I can really talk about at this point. Uh, just a bunch of busyness. Good busyness, though. Mm, and like you, Tony, busyness. what's what's Sorry? going on in your world? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, you know, I've not had a good morning routine since that last podcast. So thank you for cursing <laughs> Did me. That by mess you up about it. You know, a couple <laughs> days ago, uh, more than a couple days ago, but I'm still messed up from it. Uh, I have a three-year-old daughter and she is, oh, she's just everything. I love her. She is a sweetheart. But she, you know, she's been sleeping fine uh, for, for a very long time now, but the other night she woke up at two 30 in the morning and she would not go back to bed. And I woke up from the middle of my sleep and sung to her and put her back to bed. And then I couldn't get back to sleep. I ended up, I actually ended up writing a script at two, two 30 in the like morning, two 30 oh to about seven 30 to like crash. Oh, I remember that stage of life. Have you ever done the one where you load her into the car at two thirty in the morning and drive around until she falls asleep? I haven't tried that yet because she does. She's not a good transfer sleeper. Oh, uh, okay. So I haven't tried that. You know, I remember how tired I was in that whole season of life. It gets better. This too shall pass. And we're having our second kid in December. Yes, congratulations! Now you, the whole podcasting world heard that. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we know it's a girl. Our next little mm. girl is due on December 24th, Christmas Eve. And then who knows? I won't sleep for months. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Oh yeah. boy. That's exciting. Another it's girl. Gonna, it's going to be wild. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm excited for them to have sisters. That's cool. Our own little version of Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing you've got, I'm interested to hear about, um, you guys have got a drone. Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing a bit more aerial photography. So we shoot in uh, 4k using a drone and, uh, the kind of mix of our production methods and our expensive gear mean that we get a little bit better than your typical drone shots. This is more a uh, professional level, like a feature film kind of level. And the new Moose Jaw hospital opened up and it's called the FH Wigmore Regional Hospital. And so we use that and we were using it for other stuff and uh, just part of our big kit of gear that lets us kind of compete with the really big houses with kind of none of that overhead. Right. Because the internet and the age, the age we're in now. Both uh, both of us, we come from that film background. Um, but, you know, I, I have a lot more, I guess, marketing in my recent 
uh, background too. I actually just put up a reel. Do you know what a reel is, Scott? You've seen this? I have no clue. What's that? It's like where you do like a super cut of clips of a bunch of different things you've shot and filmed. Almost like a portfolio, but for film people. Okay. And it's, it's like and, a YouTube video kind of thing or. Yeah, it's a video. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's funny. I've never really done one because I've just had too much work <laughs> <laughs> to, to take the time to make stuff. Um, something like, like what you were talking about where you move into a marketing stage. Cause you finally have a little bit of an envelope for that, but there's t- stages where you just all work. Yeah. And so I've taken some time to do that. I just posted it to the Facebook the Facebook. Uh, also, actually, <laughs> something you've made, something I've done so many Facebook pages for clients and finally put up a Facebook page for a company that makes that kind of thing for other people. <laughs> so we have a, a Creech League Facebook page now. I actually put some pictures of you, Scott, up yeah, there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, there's some gorgeous stuff in there. I'm so blessed that I get to be able to do the kind of work and do like marketing and then still do film stuff. I'm working on a couple of big projects now that are just fun. It's kind of like, you know, I'm an artist and I'm always going to be doing that. And I bring that into business stuff. I bring that into, uh, you know, I do some stuff for just for fun. So I, I can check that out. I didn't even know you did that. You can I'll check that out on, is that on the Facebook <laughs> one that your your Facebook page? I believe so. Okay, I'll check I believe that so. out. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes. Oh, that's kind of you. Yeah. No, I like, I like you know, your stuff. Um, I, and I, I did, I, of course I just saw the hospital one you did. Um, and I liked the shots from the drone. And of course my mind started, I caught, I got thinking of a whole bunch of other things you could do with that drone. That's cool. Can you do search and rescue with it? Like, can you see f- on the ground what you're seeing up in the air? Yeah. Yeah. That's how we do it. Like wireless monitoring and stuff. Gotcha. So like if we're, if I'm in a search and rescue situation, I could give you a call and you could show up and. We probably could, except we'd probably need to land because you might need a helicopter to come in too. Oh, actually, the hospital one was tricky because we had cert- we had to get certain kinds of clearances to fly the drone there because of its hospital. Oh, that's right, because the stars, the stars landing pad there. Yeah. So we had to coordinate with the hospital admin and stuff, and make that all happen and get clearances. That's cool. All that stuff that I don't like doing. <laughs> that's why. That's why you're not the only person in in an organization. Right. Right. Well, I, I'm waiting for your joke at the end, the joke before the, the <laughs> joke before the music. <laughs> it's hard uh, when you were doing all the talking, though. Hey, I I couldn't think of anything funny. Every week we do follow up from your feedback of all sorts. You can send that in to us at leader.fm or on the leader.fm Facebook page, which we're getting a few likes on, on the just, Facebook, just barely launching it out there. Um, one, we did get a bit of feedback from that, so let me pull it up here. This bit of feedback comes to us from Gary. Um, Gary, if you want us to send out your Twitter handle or any information about you, please get in touch. Gary asks, Do you know of any self-leadership tools that have been gathered onto one website that helps leaders lead themselves? Gary, I, I like to call those pot of gold websites. <laughs> There, there are a few out there. I mean, there's just so many. Uh, I know uh, off the top of my head, something like LeaderCast, some of the big events and com- like leadership conference sites often have free tools and stuff. And I think we'll share one for you, Gary, later in our uh, section at the end on uh, resources because hmm. we try to get out a resource for every week. So I guess you're going to have to listen to the end. There you are. Unless you have a fast forward button. Hmm. <laughs> 
So Scott, do you have, uh, you had a bit of feedback. One of uh, my coaching friends suggested maybe we break it up into the different components. So each of the spots where you put in that little music piece uh, to make a separate podcast for that. So I was thinking about that and I don't know, what do you think, Tony? Well, you know, it's one of those things we've talked about and looked at like privately during our beta period. And I guess we kind of decided to go with having just one long episode and let people listen to it as they go. Because I like sometimes listening when I'm like mowing the lawn or doing yard work and stuff that might take me an hour or two and just listen to a long episode. And then sometimes I listen in little bits while I'm driving. So we kind of thought that even though people would listen to it in little chunks, that they could just pause it. And, uh, and that it'd be better to keep the whole episode on a single topic with a resource and with follow-up and all the kind of parts together into one thing. But I'd love to know what our listeners think. Yeah, me too. I, I'm interested because like, like for me, I love to listen to podcasts when I'm driving, um, especially long distances. Mm. So an hour long podcast for me is perfect. Um, uh, mm. but that's because I've got a three hour commute when I'm often traveling. Um, and, uh, but for the people, I, I'd like to hear from our listeners, is it, is a 20 minute commute more what their style is? I don't know, but I think, uh, what I want to have is that each episode can kind of stand on its own. Um, mm. so yeah, a great feedback though. And I'd really like to hear what other people have to say. Yes. If you guys want to uh, start a petition at change.org <laughs> <laughs> or just send us some feedback, let us know what you think. I really appreciate her, uh, you know, giving us that feedback. Mm. Thank you so much. been thinking this week, Scott, about our chats last week and morning routines, especially since my morning routines have gone a little bit to kaput. <laughs> I'm just lucky to wake up. Um, Every day awake is a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky to wake up. That's so, that's so dramatic. So the other day, Scott, me and you were talking about uh, positions, kind of flowed out of this whole talk on morning routines, but we talked about positions of leadership. Yeah. And there's this thing that happened actually yesterday where Annika, my little three-year-old again, she's in this dance class, and I'm sure she's learning all sorts of things she'll carry on for the rest of her life. <laughs> or she's like running around in a tutu being just cute, and it's just a picture feast. Yep, um, I can imagine. And But she's learning the like positions ballet yeah. stuff, so she learns the first position in ballet, and there's like, I don't know what any of them are, and even she's even done them for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to that idea of that being a core part of one of the things that you develop with people, mm -hmm. right? When you yep. coach them, this idea of their first position and there's other kind of styles like of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's other ways of coming at it, but the way I come at it is with a first position. Um, mm. And it, it has to do with, with once you've spent the, some time working on understanding yourself and our last episode, you know, was the beginnings of that. There's a bunch of other things that I typically bring into that after you've spent some time figuring out you know, what kind of person you want to be in, in your leadership role, then the question becomes, how do you ensure that you're bringing that person to the, the fore? Mm. Focus is first on what your current way of being is, and then helps to redefine what your future way of being is. So really, I'll probably talk about this more in the future as I, as I go through it, but it's that future way of being, which is, is this question of, of what kind of person do you want to bring into the now. I love this. There's a tension here. I love there's a, a tension in the psychology here. There's two schools of thought on how, how we are who we are. One is that there is this 
this um, seed within us. It's the authentic, genuine us. And the, the important thing for the coach or the therapist or the friend to do, or, or a parent, is to water that seed and to encourage it to grow. And so the best part of you comes forward. It's that authentic self that grows out of who you are. So some people call it essentialism. You're, you have an essence, right? Um, and uh, that's a big part of, of uh, humanist coaching. That's a big part of um, uh, anything that comes out of uh, uh, Abraham Maslow. Then there's this whole other side of things, which is an existentialist view, which, which just flies in the face. It just takes the complete opposite view that says there is no such thing as an essential you. That's ridiculous. What there is is what you're being right now. So whatever you choose to be right now is who you are. And so I am a different person. According to this view, I'm a different person with you than I am with my kids and than I am with my buddies at the fire hall. And then I am with each client. We're very different in each context. Now I, I see these two. And, and, and in one case, the, the existentialist group would say that it's totally up to you to choose who you want to be today. The essentialist group would say, that's ridiculous. You are who you are. And the biggest thing you want to do is bring your authentic real self to fruit. Now, I like to tread the, that uh, nether the world between the two of them, you know, because mm. I think that the reality is actually somewhere between them. Originally, I thought about mm. doing my whole dissertation on this, but that'd be, I'd been a ridiculous nerd then. <laughs> but I think, I think there's this just fascinating spot, which, which you look at a, who am I at my best? What, what can grow out of me if I made the best parts of me come? And then at the same time, uh, on the other hand, like, like if you think of that, to say, put that in your left hand, now put in your right hand, this other concept, which is to say, what does the context need? And can I bring that? What can I be right now? And you mesh these two together. And I think it's then that you have this opportunity to define what you need to bring and who you need to be in this current moment. Mm. So, you know, if you are, if you are a middle manager, you're going to need to be a different person than if you're the CEO of a nonprofit organization, right? Mm -hmm. A nonprofit organization, one of the big roles is to be doing fundraising, to be the face, you know, and, 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 uh, typically a person who is in that role in their role before they weren't the CEO, they weren't the face of an organization. And so they need to change in order to be that person. So to, to sum up, the idea is to blend these two together and they, they don't blend well. So it's a bit of a paradox. Okay. It's a huge paradox. Right. Like when you're talking about getting to a place of being, this is not like something I'm doing constantly throughout the day. Is it like you're saying, take five minutes and do yeah, this good. thing to be existential and essential? And essential. Or are, you, are you talking about like, like, I don't know a lot about ballet. I just know that my daughter gets into like that. It starts with the first position. So are you talking about resetting yourself to this? Yeah, exactly. You got it. Yeah. What, what, um, what I recommend to my clients and what I try to do in my own practice is to periodically, when I want to, um, reestablish a few of the, the basic mental postures that I'm going to need to go forward. It sounds like yoga. Yeah. Yoga is a great example. So the sun salutation, you know, you've got very particular moves. Those of you that have done yoga will know very, very particular moves. And 
And you get so that your body really knows that well, that you could do it without even thinking. Mm. And it's the same with uh, ballet. You know, you take the first position, second position, not that I know it, but, but the, the ballerina just, just snaps into the first position really easily because they've done it a thousand mm-hmm. times. Another great example is actually karate or any kind of martial art that has a kata, probably saying it wrong. But it's, mm-hmm. you know, when you got these series of moves, it's almost like a ballet or a dance that's been choreographed. And, you know, you, you see these people practicing this in the air. They're just kicking the air and punching the air. But what they're doing is, is um, reestablishing that, each of those motions for the muscle memory. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing that I'm suggesting here for our mental memory uh, or our way of being is that we have a... Uh, a series of thoughts that we go through or emotions or feelings or, or passions that we go through one step, two, step three, step four. And at the end of that, and it only takes a few moments, we have reestablished the mental state that we want to be in for, mm. for our day or, or for us. Particularly, I think it's when you're about to have, say, a one-on-one with somebody. Yeah. Mm. So it's like intentional reframing. Mm-hmm. Or like where you, I guess reframing is more about a situation, but you, you say, who am I? And you, and you run this first position to say, to get you to that spot. Yeah. Who, Just like, who do I want to be right I, now? I need, I need to get warm up in karate. So I'm going to do this, this thing I do and I do it because I want it to become ingrained in me. So it's, it's done intentionally, not by accident. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good example. Yeah. It, I intend to be this person right now. I'm choosing. And so I'm going to do a quick little warm up here and then, and then carry that into my next encounter. What's your first position? What do you, what do you do? Yeah, it took me a while to find it. It really did. And knowing that it's probably going to shift again. So, uh, Mm. so it's not hard and fast, like a, like a karate kata or the first position in ballet, it's going to be the same a hundred years from now. But I think with our personal ones, we make the choice and I think it shifts. Um, but mine, mm. um, this flows a lot from my values. What I find is important and particularly for leadership. Uh, I, in the middle of the night, actually it was, uh, about a week ago, I all of a sudden was able to put, uh, letters to it. Um, and for me, it, it is the word heart, H E A R T. H one of those letters means something. Um, so the first one, and this is my first position is humility, but it's not a humility that, that is kind of a, uh, under somebody kind of, please, sir, can I have some more kind of humility? But it's one that just mm. says to myself, you're not that big of a deal, you know, relax. Don't worry what anybody else says. And, and it gets at what Maslow talked about where he said, or we are at our best when we find that spot where we're independent of the good opinion of others. Mm. So I don't care whether you think I'm great or bad, or when it doesn't matter to me, because my ego isn't that big of a deal, right? Nice. So that's, that's, I start there. That's first position. Mm. But now one of the problems with that is, is then honestly, when I get into this place where I don't care, if I stop there, then I might not get anything done. Just sit on the couch and just be happy with who I am and watch Netflix. And that's it. You know, I haven't, <laughs> I'm, I've done nothing. And so I've got a, I've got a, and that's bad. I, that's it's bad to not, not do good. that. You like doing that? <laughs> Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Um, 
So then I go into second position, right? So don't stay there long. Second position for me is then to uh, bring energy. That's what the E Mm. stands for in heart. And energy is something that has to modulate. It depends on the context. I'm about to go into a context of, you know, if I'm about to go into a high powered business meeting, you know, my energy might be a level seven. If I'm about to go into uh, a firefighting situation, actually I've learned I need to bring my energy down to a five because if you go any more than that, oftentimes you can injure yourself or do something stupid, you know, Mm. or if I'm going into a funeral, you know, it is not appropriate for me to have an energy level over like a two, but to, to, Mm. to modulate my energy to what, what it needs to be and to bring it to that so that I'm not at a, like a, a three when I should be at a six. Mm. Um, and that, it takes just a split second to decide what the energy should be and bring that to the situation. And then uh, H-E-A is ambition. 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 Yep. Isn't that evil? <laughs> well, you know what? This is the other side of the ego. You know, there's the part of the ego that wants to protect ourselves and, and often gets in the way, but then there's the great part of the ego which wants to push us forward. I want to be a better person. And, and uh, I really like what the, the Jesuits uh, use here. They use the word magis. I believe it's Latin for more. And, and for me, it's, it's that constant nudge that says, whatever I am doing now, I can do better, just a little bit better. Whatever we're doing as an organization, we can do just a little bit better. And to always be pushing, to just take it up that next little notch, you know? Mm. So you see, I, I jump from one to two to three, and then uh, two more. R is respect. Because I think at this point here, if you're too ambitious, you can start stepping on other people. Mm. And so at this point here, I, I, I want to look at other people with a deep respect. And I like, there's a South African word um, uh, that Desmond Tutu talks about. It's Ubuntu. U-B-U-N-T-U. I think there's even a website that has something to do with that. But um, Ubuntu means, um, it's kind of like the golden rule. It means that whatever I do to somebody else, I do to myself. Um, and, and I really like looking at it that way. In, in leadership or mm. in friendship or in, in anything that, that I am, if I discredit someone, I'm discrediting myself. And so as a result, I bring a relational pattern that I, is ideally uh, uplifting them, you know, and, and challenging them and exciting them and getting them better. And finally, the last one, uh, T, for me is tenacity. Uh, it's, mm. that, it's that, it's that, it's the thing that makes you push through the resistance because whenever you're making any change in life, in yourself, or if, if other people are experiencing change, they're, they're gonna wanna stop it's just natural. We'll probably end up using a few podcasts on this one. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. that, it's that ability to just say, yeah, I, this isn't easy right now, but I'm just going to keep pushing. And I think in relationships, it's also there where you normally people stop and don't say the difficult things just because, you know, it's a little tense. Um, tenacity would be the thing, would be the kind of person who actually says what needs to be said with backbone and with heart. Um, and, uh, and is able to push through some of that resistance. So for me, that's, I guess it's a five position. It's, a, it's, a, it's an emotional kata. I go through one, two, three, four, five. And at the end of them, I feel uh, often like I'm ready to engage in whatever it is. And it doesn't take too long. It just takes a few moments. 
I like that. You know, and it, it also matches because Twitter changed their favorites icon that used to be a star to a heart. So now whenever you use Twitter, you can be resetting to your first oh, position. Oh, there you go. Whenever you see a heart. Yeah. <laughs> and you're saying this is not a general piece. This is actually different because all of those I listen to and I'm like, that's really good. Oh man. Yeah. I love Desmond Tutu. That's really good. And <laughs> yeah. Respect. I don't, I don't want to step on others. But you're saying that everybody's different. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I wouldn't recommend that someone just listen to what I said and then just adapt it completely as their uh, kata. Um, you know, because I think for me, this flowed from my values, the things that have become really important to me in the way that I be. Um, there may be other things for you. So for example, I, have, I had a client, we were working on some things like this and they chose uh, their first position, uh, or I think it was second or third, um, was to bring in uh, a sense of um, questioning um, because they didn't want to be burned by staff members who were kind of pulling the wool over their eyes or giving them excuses and they were actually not real excuses. So they wanted to bring a way of being that, that had, even though they were trusting, they were always questioning. Um, you know, and, and, and that was really important for them in their context. So as a coach, it's really important for me to have what I think what I defined with heart, but there'll be other people that have other elements that they need to bring. So, um, and there's ways to do this. It's not just what I did where you, you think about these things. There's, there's other techniques. Um, neurolinguistic programming uses a technique where you do this. You may identify two or three different pieces like this and you, um, you elicit that feeling uh, Tony, this is a tough one to, to explain here. It might take too mm. long to explain this piece here. Do it quickly and badly and then... Okay, I'll do it quickly and bad, and you, maybe you try and can clarify with some questions. Okay. Okay, so uh, neurolinguistic programming will try and get at this piece here. You, what you're trying to do is develop a mental mindset that's intentional mm -hmm. and chosen. And so a neurolinguistic, someone who's really good at it, a neurolinguistic programmer will, will take an individual and have them identify the mindset that they want to have in a particular context. So say, for example, a sporting context, you want to be more aggressive on the ice. Okay. Um, what you can do, do is remember a time once in your life where you were really, really aggressive, like just intense. What is that like to feel? And you feel that at a deep level, really deep level. And then once you get that to about a level seven, eight, or nine, even, you're just feeling really aggressive, then you anchor it by doing something. So for example, um, uh, a hockey player could take their stick and bang it across their thigh right at the moment mm -hmm. that they're kind of feeling that extreme aggression, uh, and then they can mm -hmm. kind of relax. And what it did is it, it, it links the feeling of their stick on their thigh to the feeling of aggression. And then you just relax, then come back and do it again. Get into that mental mind state of aggression. And, you know, I really want to get in there and get the, get the puck and put it in that darn net and then all of a sudden bang your thigh again. Do that three or four times. And then what you've done is you've connected that feeling to the mental state of aggression. Then what you do, once mm. you hit the ice, as soon as you hit the ice, bang your stick on your thigh and it brings that mental state back into play. Because what happens is your neurons, any, they say that any neuron that fires together wires together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a, another technique that you can use for this kind of thing. If you got, anybody's got any questions about that, or you want to uh, bring some of that into your life, just give us a call or give me an email and, and I'll give you some more uh, ideas on that. But that's, a, that is another example, another way of doing it. 
that notion of rewiring is sounds like it's to the bottom of what you're getting at. That one of the reasons why you return to a first position or you're on your kata or whatever it's called is that you're you're trying to take control of things that your your mind is wiring together on its own. If you you know if you drink coffee and watch TV every morning instead of getting right to work. On a different morning, you sit down and you have some coffee and you try to get right to work and your brain's going to be like, I wish I could watch TV. And it's going to be really hard because you kind of wired yourself without intending to. Hmm. And so yeah. people get a little crazy about NLP sometimes. I think it's like, I think it's so it's valid just for that idea of these lenses that we're building for ourselves that we're even unaware of. Any attempt to rewire is because we feel from our perspective that we're lacking in something. We're lacking in discipline. We're lacking in well-being. And we're trying to purposely get those things. And too many times when people talk about growth, we it sounds like king of the hill fighting. Uh, right. It's like, oh, you want to do this stuff? You want to you know use your heart thing to become king of the hill? And really, even though it might be you rewiring, so to speak, you're actually just trying to be I like that. I like that mix, that idea of who am I and who am I being? And, you know, I also think um, the rewiring, it's not necessarily a case that we're bringing something that we've never been before, because quite mm. often you've already been that you're, you're already good at it. It's just, you're not necessarily bringing it to that context or that specific situation. Mm. So again, aggression, it's not a case that someone's never been aggressive. They probably have just may not have been there. It may be playing football, you know, or playing, mm. um, you know, some video game or something. You, you've got that, you know, and, and all these other things, you've got humility, you've got, um, tenacity, everybody's experienced that kind of stuff. And it's just, it, it's, it's not rewiring, but it's just transferring that skill to a new position and then being very intentional about bringing it. You know, this sounds a little bit like taking, triggers and changing them. yes like when you're a leader to get there there's different paths you could have taken and you'll have these triggers so if you're anti-confrontation when people start to get confrontational around you it triggers a certain emotion in you and you might freeze up or you might get over aggressive like whatever your stress reaction is there you that happens and you're like you're like the dog who hears the bell getting rung <laughs> yeah. and performs the action. And if you just take that, you can take, you can, you can absolutely take the time to rewire that, so to speak, to say, when I go into a meeting and there's conflict, I'm going to be okay because I'm going to remember these three things about conflict. Am I on the right track? Yeah, here? you are. And you know, there are in, in the field of personal development, there are multiple ways of, of, developing there one you know one the one i described the nlp one you can use triggers to start something new you can attach whenever somebody does something to tick you off like that that it automatically leads to uh, a certain mindset that you want to have you can also come at it kind of a freudian way of looking at it is when something happens like that just being aware of your triggers helps you to not be set off by them right mm. I think my brother might have been really good at NLP because when we play video games, if I would start beating him at all, uh -huh. he would throw the controller. So is that? <laughs> <laughs> would he throw? He throw your controller? The controller being 
the controller's broken. <laughs> he threw it at you, did he? <laughs> I'm not sure if this is the kind of thing that you're saying. Is it part of a daily routine? It can be. Or is this a tool you pull out only in the bad times? Oh. Because then you have to be aware it's bad, and usually then it sounds like you would have crossed a threshold. No, I don't think it's... I think it, it, it's, it becomes part of a personal discipline. So probably okay. like ballet or like uh, karate, you do it regularly, whether that's once every three days, whether mm. that's every morning, just, just so long mm. as that it becomes muscle memory. Mm. I think that's the key. So I don't, like, like I don't do this exactly like this. Like if I look at my morning routine, then there's elements like this. I haven't constructed it as such. Like I do, like I have a couple of major reframing, you know, mental pieces that I bring up that I've just the other day, I got in a crazy situation because work is always crazy, especially marketing. And my triggering worked and what popped in my brain is this question that I use, which is uh, to take it and turn it into something that you would love to learn. Mm. <laughs> to say, man, I, I'm going to go do this because I'm going to learn how to talk to somebody who's screaming at me. Right, right. So I immediately switch it into a desire so, oh, there's this confrontation or, you know, this client has not paid me after three years, you know, well, <laughs> maybe I, I get to learn how to talk to a client who hasn't paid me in three years. That can sound lame, but it's really not. It, it makes it a, cr- a crazy difference in my thinking. It takes me directly out of stress and into a sense of, I can learn it. Mm. I believe anything's learnable. So. Yeah. I, like, like depending on who you are, that may be a great thing to add to your personal kata, um, which Mm. it would be a sense of curiosity. Curiosity Mm. is a great one because oftentimes we are more judgmental, you know, and we immediately jump to the, the belief that, okay, some, somebody screwed up. Who was it? Was it me? And then we'd keep going further into, you know, Oh, why am I such Mm -hmm. a loser? And that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Curiosity is a great one to anchor because it's saying, how can I learn from this? What's really going on here? And, and it, 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 helps you to step away from the conflict um, and look at it with a fresh eye. You know, Mm. Um, I think another one uh, that a lot of people really value anchoring is that self-efficacy piece that you said. Mm. Self-efficacy is this belief that I can do it. I can, and if I, if I can't do it, I can learn it. So someone with high Mm. self-efficacy is rarely intimidated by something. Yeah, you know, I just, all the people in the world have gone before me were also just humans. Mm. They only can do what these great things they do because they took the time to learn. It's not this thing where Rick is always going to be a better salesman or a better CEO than me, or I'm never going to be as good as the old leader. And the truth is, is that people are only people and you can learn. Yeah. Yeah, you can learn from people. That's a big, and you're getting into something else that the NLP practitioners do is, is the belief that if someone else can do it, then I can learn it too. Yeah. And in, like, if you take that on its own, you just sound like you're, you know, people will be like, well, I, you know, that's, that's not true or whatever, but as a lens, it can be powerful. Like, it's not like Tony's trying to fly because he said he can learn to do anything yeah. and you're like, oh, and then you're the critical part of you wants to shut it down. But if you stop and if you don't apply it to flying, but you're applying it to something like more sales, that lens will help you increase your sales pretty incredibly. It just will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, now I'm getting on like my, uh, 
coaching horse. <laughs> well, it's a good uh, horse. And, I'm not, and you're the executive there's, there's, coach. So. There's a lot there, like in sales. Definitely. There are, there are pieces there that are, that there are whole websites and, and coaching courses that are designed to help people develop the mindset of, of a great salesperson, you know, and that's a big mm. piece of it is that self-belief and, and the tenacity and curiosity. I think there's also with salespeople, charm is an important piece. Humor mm. is an important piece, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's an interesting thing that a piece that I ended up using a lot, like as a vice president was that idea of thankfulness. Oh yeah. Just with all the incredible stress that comes from when you're in organizations that need saving that are burning up in flames kind of thing that, well, I just, I wrote this paragraph that I would just read through to just get myself out of stress that didn't change anything about anything except for my brain and where it was at and being able to say, speak through things and just writing out this list of stuff that I'm thankful for. And I'd have it written out because although it's also good practice to think of stuff you're thankful for, I I needed it for situations where my brain was too tied up to be thankful. Mm. There's times where if you're having a problem with an employee, you just, you can't sit down and go, I'm thankful for this person because of this. (laughs) Right. You need to pull out the paper and start reading it aloud. I guess my question, Scott, for you from here is, what are something that myself and our listeners can do to evaluate and say, what is, what should be my first position? Uh, yeah. And this is recognizing that the best first position I can create today because of my level of self-awareness, where I am in my life, even the position I might be in at work could change in a month or a week or two years. It's going to change. Right. Good question. If there's any tips you can give us there. Uh, you know what? I think, okay, so I, I give two tips here. And again, the idea is to bring these two pieces, the essentialism and the existentialism together in in a beautiful blend. I think the first thing you want to do is, again, evaluate your values. What are you willing to die for? Or if not die for, what would you be willing to at least lose a couple fingers over? You know, when it comes to um, the way you want to be, um, what would make you anxious or discouraged about yourself if you were the opposite? You know, defining those values, and for me, a lot of it has to do with with uh, issues of kindness and compassion and um, humanity, um, and uh, and the way that we are as leaders that we're not running over people. Um, that that's a big part of of my values, and so that came out then when I when I made my heart uh, positions. But I think the other thing to think about now, this is the existentialist piece: is what is your role calling for right now? Whether you're a VP, a president, um, middle management, um, or when you're talking about, say, being the coach of your kid's hockey team um, as, as a parent, each one of these roles calls for a certain way of being. And, mm. and that then, you put those two together, and I think just answer those questions simply. What do I really value and don't want to lose? And second, what do I need to bring? What kind of character do I need to bring? And from that, I think you'd be able to identify, you know, three to five different pieces. And then you just simply line them up. And it's almost like, uh, you know, you think about someone getting in the cockpit of a helicopter and they slowly start turning on switches and each one initiates a new piece of software or hardware. It's almost like that. You, You flip one switch and for a few seconds, put yourself in that mindset and then switch the next one and put yourself in that mindset. Like, like a, 
A guy moving from one karate stance to another. That's all I am. <laughs> What's that? A guy throwing, a monkey throwing switches? Is that it? No, I'm a guy moving from one karate stance to another. <laughs> That's why people stare. <laughs> so values and what you're trying to And the accomplish. role that you're expected to bring. So like you think about um, in, in a play, uh, you've got the main hero and you've got, you know, antagonists and whatnot. So let's say your role is to come in and to add chaos to a really boring story. You know, you come in and you're supposed to bring this level of energy and this type of personality and whatnot. And, and you contribute to the situation, that piece. So now just turn that around into real life here. What is it that you want to contribute in your role and in your leadership situation? And, and mix that into it. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think that's good. That's really okay. good. Now all I need is like a, a, a towel to lay down on the on top of a hill. <laughs> and then I need either a tutu to run through my first position <laughs> or I guess a, a good second choice to just be a karate okay. belt. We need to put that on a website. You in a picture on a towel with a tutu. <laughs> that's that's the photograph you're going to use to sell there this thing are. someday. Yeah. Promotion for this one podcast, Tony and a Tutu. Find your first. That'd be a good name for this podcast, Tony and a Tutu. Yeah, I know, but we'd get too many clicks. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. These episodes are for special people, (laughs) not for people that just want to see me in a Tutu. That's everybody. (laughs) That's people that need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) So every week we try to bring you a resource. I'm giving it over to Scott to give a resource, especially since uh, Gary asked for one. That's right, Gary. Shout out to my buddy there in Washington. Gary uh, asked uh, for resources. Now, he was looking more for resources, I think, along the lines of personal development, uh, particularly with soul kind of thing. And I would like, I'll keep my eye open for things like that. Ideally, we'll be able to give you that in the future. But the one that we want to mention from a leadership perspective, that's kind of what uh, Tony calls one of these uh, gold mines, is this website here, www.businessballs.com. Uh, lots of great stuff there, businessballs.com. You'll find stuff about uh, business and selling, uh, things, some, some stuff about glossaries, some human resource pieces, stuff about team building, writing and communication, um, amusement and things just to relax on, some things to de-stress on, a whole bunch about leadership management, self-personal development, um, and then, and then uh, just a whole bunch of miscellaneous categories. Anyways, you'll find that they have a, a whole series of articles that give you very, very practical tools. Enjoy that, businessballs.com. Really love that website. I mean, it seriously, they really, they really put a lot into it. Really like yeah. them. So Scott, let's sum up mm-hmm. here. Hearing number one, I have an excuse to get uh, maybe a green belt or something, or <laughs> maybe people should just match their belt mat. color with whatever they are with Six Sigma or something. <laughs> so you need a karate belt. Right. And I need to uh, record it and put it on YouTube. (laughs) We were talking about positions and the idea of first position is this place of centering or returning just in the same way that a ballerina might move to her first position to get herself ready and to put her body in exactly the same spot every time. Mm. As a leader, you, there's a, there's a really good spot for you to be in and you want to get back to that spot. Yeah. Intentionally setting your mental kind of state. Yeah. And to do it regularly so that it becomes muscle memory. You shared a bit of yours, which is heart, where you look at humility, energy, ambition, respect, tenacity, and you go through these ways of thinking 
practicing them or triggering a mindset for you that's ready to take on your day. Mm. Yep. Or a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like flipping the switches like like I'm activating new software or, or familiar software, sorry, but but so that they're all running in the background. Kind of like, you know, in sports or whatever, when you start, you just start jumping on both your legs or something to get your energy up. And then you can, suddenly you can run and your ability to jump faster speeds up just because your legs got a little bit warm. That little thing could do something. And this is mental. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. You're firing the neurons that are that piece. And by firing them, it's like, literally, it's like starting up some software in your brain and it's, and it's running in the background for you. Mm. And then you gave us some help on how we create a, a first position for ourselves, looking at us, who we are in our essence or that idea of values. What, what do we stand for? Cause we all, we all have values and we all go count. We can, we can all get in positions where we think counter to our values because some, you know, some, a big wind might come and knock us off our step. That just happens. And so sometimes we need to return to the values that we have. And then to, to combine that with the role we're in, what the role we're in is needing from us to be yeah. that between those two things, we'll be able to lay out a bit of a, a first position for ourselves in our particular situation. That's for us. Yeah. Yeah. You got it there. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> there you go. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Or I'm going to have a week of bad mornings again. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> <laughs> Just think, uh, come Christmas, you're going to have two daughters to keep you up in the morning. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> I never would have guessed it when I was younger, but that I, that losing sleep because your daughter wakes you up to me, it sounds, it sounds dumb to say aloud, but it's terrible what it does oh, to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're already tired. Well, I have a friend, his name is Dean. Uh, I think he listens. Um, but Dean would say, you have one kid and you're on the road. You have two kids, you're in the fast lane. He said, you have three kids, and suddenly you're in oncoming traffic. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us this week. You can find Scott at leaderadvance.biz or at leaderadvance on Twitter. I am at thecreech on Twitter. You can find me at thecreechleague.com. Please send in all your comments and questions and any problems you have to Scott. <laughs> Thanks. Just kidding. You can send them all to leader.fm. And uh, there's an easy contact form there. A lot of people send in um, words of thanks and stuff. We appreciate all that stuff. And uh, remember to go on to iTunes and give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing and let other people find this show. I find a lot of good shows through rating, so I always try to return the favor. Scott, my friend, thank you for joining me. It was a ball. You betcha. A <laughs> ball. And uh, I'll leave this with all our listeners. How are you going to use the idea of first positions and setting your mindset to take your leadership to the next level this week. So Scott, this is the after yeah, show. Yeah, the after show. I always forget we have one of these. The show's over, but we're still talking. <laughs> done? Are we done? <laughs> Did I talk um, too long? I was like monologuing there. It's good. For me, it just was a treat. Oh, well, that's good. Even though... I could easily say, ah, I get this idea and I get the idea of needing to do it. It's like, I don't practice this enough. And I haven't, and most especially, I haven't gone through the discipline of working through my values and what I'm, where my role fits. I have not done mm. that. I like that, by the way, that's what right. you brought up about thankfulness. That's, I like that. Yeah. I saw that in a Wayne, Wayne Dyer did a, did a movie about that. And he would wake up in the morning. The first thing he did would say, thank you three times. 
just kind of mm. thank you to the universe or to God. And I've started doing that too. Mm. And I think you're, you're totally right. Being thankful is, it just changes your outlook on life. Mm. I, like when, when we're wrapped up in ourselves too much, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's really tough to be our best. So, and I get, I didn't get into that in, in the talk, like 